0: Welcome to another fun pack thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice
1: Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... Would you believe it, Governor, tis I, the Cockney Paul Carmichael. The Cockney
0: Paul Carmichael. The, the Cockney, yes. The Cockney, it's been a week of Cockneys. It has, hasn't it? Yeah, yes, it has. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, blimey, up your ass and pears. 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 yeah. yeah. Pears. What's that line in Mr. Jolly Lives Next Door where he's doing Dick Turpin with a pair of sunglasses with one poked out like an eye patch? <laughs> oh, yes. Like elephant and castle, stick it up stick your ass There it. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sorry, yes. mate, you have to be a member. <laughs> boo-how, boo-how. <laughs> so, it's been a, an interesting week. Um, it has. Yes, uh, and uh, I, it was put off, this was put off a little by my having to do my Saturday morning shopping, you know, Mother Wanted Custard Creams.
1: You did, you did have to do your shopping. What did you buy? I'm intrigued, because were, were you hauling coal or something? Oh, no, usually... no, no, the, oh. the
0: stores are uh, 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 plenished. Ah. No, it was the general standard sort of uh, sad, lonely, single bloke, trudge. <laughs> Through the um the sort of the uh, the halls of commerce on a Saturday morning, where um you know there are many it's, it's single bloke central, isn't it? You know mm. the divorced and the derelict. Yeah, uh, am, amongst your own love. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what did I buy? Okay. Yes, first I'm thing intrigued. I bought was one of these little vape things. Right. Bought one of those. Nice. Saw me uh lady in me bed on the market mm. with the stall. Mm. Uh, did that. Oh no, I bought some eggs first. There's a there's a lovely little farm stall on the market where one buys
1: eggs that have golden yolks.
0: Right. Um, it's amazing when you compare them with, you know, the supermarket ones. You know, if you break them into a jug. Oh, yes. And supermarket yolks are quite pale and yellow. Mm. And these are sort of like, you know, raw, like little tangerines.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Ah. This is why I used to love when we kept chickens in the converted shed in the garden. Mm. The yolks were fantastic.
0: Yeah, oh, God, well, that would be... I mean that's it. that's nothing's going to beat that is oh, it Oh no absolutely you know? not Did you know oh. that the uh, correct Anglo-Saxon plural of chicken is chicken I didn't mm,
1: it is yes yes I didn't know that Yeah thank you Jack Hargreaves Oh uh, always thank you Jack Hargreaves that's good yeah. So you got you got eggs cuz this is disappointing if he would just cuz I always think you know you're just going out there returning with bags of coal over your no, shoulder. No, bags of coal
0: are done. I cannot fit any more. I have two bunkers of the stuff. Right, okay. I can't, you know, I'm actually, you know, burning through it so I can buy more. Oh, okay. I know, it's ridiculous. But it's, no, it's... that sort of thing, though, isn't it? Men, when they're left to their own devices alone, you know, the the, 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 what's the word, the stereotype, Mm. Is a sink full of dishes, lying on the ca- on the couch, watching EastEnders at 90 degrees through a fog of whiskey and despair. Yeah. Um, whereas men, when they're left alone and on their own and to their own devices, they tend to sort of, they tend to get dead ordered and you know stuff oh, like yeah. that. You you turn into um, what was his name? Have you have you watched? Uh, you've probably not watched it yet. Um, blah, 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 blah. what was it, Vault of Horror with Tom Baker and Terry Thomas and whatnot? That's it, yeah, no, I haven't yet. Yes, well, Terry Thomas in that Arthur who takes a wife, he's very ordered, and right. he takes this wife who ends up killing him because he's just, he can't stand living with this woman, you know, and he's like, can't you do anything neatly? Can't you? Can't you? Can't you do anything neatly? Thonk, and then the hammer hits him in the middle of the head. Oh, um, but that's what blokes are like, aren't they? They're very ordered. So Saturday mornings, it's just like, no, I go and do this and I do that.
1: Well, it is, it is better, isn't it? Because I do find if you go in the afternoons, then other people seem oh. to have decided. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Now that other people have got all week to go shopping, mm. and yet they still go when I want to go. They do. The I trouble with like the local
0: Morrisons, which I, I, I went to in order to um, score... As, as, as drug users say. Mm. I went to score two bags. Oh, I got some coffee from there. You'd be delighted to know. Awesome. And uh, two bags of frozen sprouts. Oh,
1: uh, why, go, why frozen you know. sprouts?
0: Well, we just go mad. Um, <laughs> because frozen sprouts are like, they've, the trimmed and washed, and that's a fat ass around, isn't it? With sprouts, you know the.
1: Well, no, the, the tri- no, not a, no, no, not about Christmas Day. that oh, that's, Christmas Day is a different matter. That's a lovely thing sitting there pricking the sprouts. Is there any point in doing that cross in the bottom of them? Does it do anything? Do you think? Not I sure. Don't, I don't believe law. it does. It is the law. I do it's it every Christmas, year. Christmas.
0: You've got to put a cross in for that for our Lord. You know. Oh, is that
1: what it is? I thought ah, it was to let sure. the water in the root.
0: That's right. It's the water is the sort of baptism of the sprouts and the root and the root yes one mascot out the root um, so <laughs> yes um, yeah but you would do that mm. you know I'm guessing with a glass of something saucy alongside yes now when I used to drink preparations of, preparation of sprouts was a joy you'd have the, you'd have Radio 4 on Sunday yeah. afternoon and uh. you'd just spend three hours getting absolutely fucking sloshed and
1: preparing veg Oh, no, that's still lovely, though. I mean, around Christmas time, because it's legal then, isn't it, to sort of have a nice port in the morning? But if you so don't you... drink, like me, you buy oh. the frozen jobs. Oh. You See how that works? Well, uh, hasn't that taken away some of the aesthetic loveliness for you?
0: Oh, yes. I used to love Sunday
1: afternoons mm.
0: with the radio on. Yeah. Preparing the veg. Mm. That was, that's the thing, isn't it, you know? It absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of being a kid, carry on up the jungle on the telly, mm. and uh, peeling veg onto newspaper on the floor. Ah. ah. Why not newspaper on the work surface? I don't know. We've got chopping boards now. We didn't have chopping boards
1: growing up. I never saw a chopping board till I was 23. No, we didn't have a chopping no. board. No, uh, no, my, my grandfather told me that quite determinedly that they were dirty and they harboured bacteria. That's exactly what they said. Do you remember the advert where it showed you the toilet seat
0: with all the chopped up veg on it? Yes. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. nice. Yes, so I remember isn't that. So not it
1: strange one. how the chopping board has become ubiquitous? With Is that sort of... because usually we, we whack them in dishwashers these days and they get pretty much melted? I don't the... know. I don't know. Oh.
0: I, I, I it's, it's a strange concept I hadn't even realised or thought about the fact that we didn't have chopping boards because you used to peel the veg in your hand
1: oh uh you did. You yes. did.
0: You'd, you'd have the spud and you'd peel it all the way around and it'd get all clatty because they were all dirty spuds back then, weren't yeah. they? they? Oh, proper, proper dirty spuds. And yeah. you'd chuck them in the water and that would clean them. You'd drain that and chuck more water in. Hey, this is
1: riveting uh, pattern no, for the this, and is girls this, this is what they want. This is what is they what want. They they want. We used to get a sack of potatoes every two weeks, a proper sort of like sack. I like yeah. that. Not, yeah. not, not five in a bag from Morrison's for 18 quid, two of which very are a bit clean. soft. They're far too clean. They're far too clean. Don't like them washed. No, but you
0: do it in your hand. <laughs> 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 I used to sit there on a Sunday afternoon doing it in me hand yeah. with carry-on on the deli, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yes, no, I, yes. But speaking of carry-ons. Yes. Whew, what a segue. This is good. Here we go. Ready? We lost the wondrous, the incredible, the iconic. I think Leslie Phillips, who I actually don't think of as a Carry On star. The the headlines were all Carry On star Leslie Phillips, duh, 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 duh. but no. not for me. The, no, the Doctor films, yeah. Really? Yeah, for me, it was those Doctor films.
1: Ah, now then, for me, it's the Navy Lark. Well, that's
0: that's yeah, but. I suppose seventeen years he did it with that. the cassettes. You'd have been acquainted with the navy, like, wouldn't you? The BBC collection.
1: Oh yeah, I got yeah. I got a fair few of those when they came out uh, yeah. purely because it was John Pertwee, of course. And then you start yeah. listening to them, and an absolute joy was always if they tried to get Leslie Phillips to play another character, because I soon realised Leslie Phillips can play Leslie Phillips perfectly, but that's it. There is nothing else. He might try and put on a Scottish accent, but he couldn't do one. I I love that about him. He was just perfect as Leslie Phillips. Yeah. And that was it.
0: Oh, he was. He really was. I mean, in one of those Doctor films, he shaves off his tash. And that's oh. the only time I've ever seen him tashless. Oh, wow. It's so strange, isn't it, to think of this, you know, Mr. Ding Dong, mm. which no doubt completely dogged him his whole life, that saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, which I think I'm right in saying is from Carry On Nurse, isn't it? Is it Nurse it is, Bell yeah. or is it is it Miss Bell in Carry On Teacher? Carry On Teacher was was that first?
1: Yeah, it was con- I think it was-,
0: it was it was Sergeant Teacher Nurse Constable,
1: wasn't it the first? Right, four? so I think it was Teacher where you first get the ding dong. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. know, did it? He never seemed to mind doing that for anyone, the old catchphrase, all the no, time. No, I think he was one of those guys who was cool with it. Yeah, You
0: know, sort of the the one immortalised his father, Ted, isn't it, with Richard Wilson in? I
1: don't believe it. Absolutely. When, and he
0: beats Ted up. Yeah. You know, it's spot on. I can imagine
1: Richard Wilson being like that. Oh, yes. Um, but but uh, no, not...
0: Not, not, not Leslie. Leslie. Nah.
1: No, he loved ab- it. He would. He absolutely would have done I'm certain he would. Um, have you ever seen Casanova 73? No, no. I saw the trailer online the other day. Right. And it was literally cool, wasn't it's, it? You know what I mean? That's all it is. I've got it. I must let you see it. Um, it got a DVD release about about a year or about a few years ago now. So I thought, well, we'll give this a go. A bit of Leslie Phillips. Um, but by the time he's doing this, he's we- he's about 50 odd. Running around. It, 73, isn't it? 73. So, what was he this week? 98. So, yeah, born
0: in 1924. Yeah. So, he would have been 49, 48,
1: 49. There we go. So, all of a sudden, you've got Leslie running around after these girls who really, really are too young for oh, him. Or too young. And the storyline is as simple as Leslie's married to a very beautiful girl, but Leslie can't have sex, can't help having sex with lots of other lovely girls. And that's it. That's the is whole it, thing. Is it a
0: Galton and Simpson that?
1: Good God, I don't, I don't think so. No, no, no. it's, don't it's lie, got the it feel be. of a Chesney and Wolf thing, but it's a BBC, so I must. Let's check. have a quick nosy at that, because now you've intrigued have a, me. Have a little look. I can't imagine it's Galton and Simpson because it's just.
0: Well, it's that trailer. That's all I've
1: ever seen of it, and it
0: obviously turns up this week. Ray Galton and Alan Simpson. I thought it was. Good God, really? Yeah, I thought it was. I don't know where that factoid stuck in my head.
1: It doesn't feel
0: like one of those. Well, the thing about Galton and Simpson is that mid-70s, they start doing a lot of work with Americans, don't they? Because Steptoe and some become Sanford and Son, which is a mm-hmm. massive success. I mean, they don't write the great bulk of it, do they? No, a bit um, like Ricky
1: Gervais with The Office and its thousand spin-offs. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, it. A name. That's the sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, Clement and Lafrenet and Frank Rodham, had witsend um in Hollywood established by the mid 70s as well didn't they did they yeah have you never seen that photograph of them at their offices in um Hollywood no oh it's bonkers to think in it because we think Clement and the as as being like earthy working-class mm. Britishy stuff but no they were smart cookies our smart cookies they're still working I didn't um, realize that witsend
1: established out there I thought they established here but
0: I don't Ooh. know if they established out there they were certainly they were certainly established there they right. were firmly and probably still have an office there but one of the things they used to do was they would tighten up the scripts of Hollywood
1: blockbusters and make them funny and stuff oh, like yes. that Oh yeah. yes yeah and yeah. and
0: oftentimes uncredited
1: yeah but I have, I do know of them on, on several films absolutely but not uh, a bit of a shot that I mean I know that cuz of and Simpson are versatile. You know, if you think of the your Hancock's Half Hours mm. and compare them to Steptoe and some, the, it's a different, different writing style altogether. But then you get that amongst everything. It's just that Casanova 73 is very. It's got that Queenie's Castle feeling where you're sort of watching it slightly warily, thinking, oh, this is all fun and games at the moment, but this could become seriously disgusting pornography at any moment. And Although with Queenie's Castle, you get the feeling that there might be an animal involved that'll die all the time. It's just got a a nasty film across it. Ah, but is it an ITV production, Casanova 73? No, it's BBC.
0: Oh, was it? Okay, because they roll very differently for ITV, I think, Galton and Simpson. Yeah no I think it's I'm fairly sure it's BBC and it doesn't feel like it should be because they wrote that thing with Le, uh, Les Dawson didn't they uh Galton and Simpson isn't he on like a ski holiday a summer
1: yes they did Yes, and that's got do. a
0: very different feel to their work. But you've got to remember 1973, the carry ons are just getting, you know, a mm. bit more porny, aren't they? You mm. know, with carry-on girls. Yes. You know, that's that sort of there's there's more sort of boobage in that. Yeah. And then in Carry On Dick, you get the sort of second outing for Bebs's uh, endowment yes. policy. Yeah. Um so you get that happening. So I think the mid seventies you do see that change, don't you? The Confessions films. Um, I don't know when the first one was. <sighs> I'm going to guess 70.
1: 77.
0: Yeah, I would go with 76. So you're a bit off that, aren't you, with 73? Mm. But um, product of its time, most definitely. It um, is,
1: and, and it is, Leslie. And it's lovely that it doesn't really work, obviously, because it doesn't come back for a second series. And there's another fascinating one, actually, thinking about it, which is, there's. A, I don't know, that, I think there's only one episode remaining, which is Our Man at St. Mark's. Where he plays a vicar. Right, but this is really strange. It's like a comedy drama. So when I when I got the episode, I think off goes Leslie being a vicar, and he plays it pretty much straight all right. the way through, and it's about five minutes in <clears throat> before there's a little bit of a joke, and you hear a bit of a titter, and you go, oh, they've they've got an audience. But they've brought an audience in to watch something that doesn't seem to be written like a sitcom. This is unusual. Um I can't remember if it's associated with rediffusion or Someone, I think it is actually. I think it's, well, I think the,
0: it's... You watch Step and Son. <clears throat> you know the Comedy Playhouse, the uh, the Offer, the pilot, mm. and it's like eight minutes. There's no laughs. Mm. You know, it's it's like people, people genuinely when they saw Step had never seen anything like that before, with the pathos and the characterization. Well, 1962,
1: there's that sixty two. Yeah, but you've got that. But I think also with with Steptoe, what you've got is the. It's reflecting what's happening with so many other writers in mm. theatre and oh, television yes. at the time. I mean, it's Pinter, isn't it? It's pure absurdism. You've got the two people, they are in a personal hell, and they cannot escape. I mean, that's the whole thing of the first episode. He can't escape. Mm. And that establishes it as as something very special in that first episode. You know, it, And they are reflecting not just sitcom, but they're going for sort of like where the arts are going at that moment. Oh, which yeah. I, absolutely love them well Ray Galton says
0: doesn't he when they're in um, rehearsal I think it is because you know he's sort of like I'm gonna gonna take that off I'm going I'm Mm. going I'm gonna leave and all Mm. that business Um, and it's like right okay you can take the cart but the horse is mine yes so he's trying to push this cart out the yard you know Mm. and it's quite uh, it's quite Bikettian really you Mm. know Um, and he can't move it and and as Godot ends, you know, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. The 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 offer ends. Is, we'll do it in the morning. Yes, you know, and yeah. he's like that. I'm going. I am going. You know. And wasn't
1: it that that convinced Scotland and Simpson to start working with actors rather than comedians because they could do so much more with the scripts? Well, that's right. I
0: mean, reading those Kenneth Williams diaries
1: mm. um,
0: is is very interesting. Leslie Phillips pops up. Cause he's I'm up to 1960, so he's just done the first. Oh, he's just he's he's just doing Constable now. where I'm up to, and um, he he says how he how much he loves the company of Leslie Phillips in it. Mm. Um, but he says of the Hancock's, it's it's weird how he is noticing his contributions being diminished. Um, yeah, he, he's having actually he's having frank conversations with Hancock, who's saying why mm. he wants the snide character removed. Uh, yeah. and all that other stuff. So. He's not only aware of it, Hancock's telling him. Um, but he says in a lot of those, you know, we got in the script absolutely awful, we knocked it into shape, mm. which is really a, an insight I'd never expected to see. For me, a Galton and Simpson script <clears throat> is is perfection set in stone and not a comma or a full stop altered.
1: But that's not what he's saying in the diaries. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, when you actually think about these scripts and the really good sitcoms the ones who are, you know the ones which are up there i think often they will have been worked by the actors in rehearsal because there's some lovely footage from um, the rehearsal of blackadder goes forth um, mm. where they're, they're doing that uh, foam bit. Ah, so you want a taxi to pick you up from a 14 Arnos Grove and then Ro- uh, uh, Atkinson is going through it word by word and it's 14 Arnos Grove and then they try out all the other numbers to yeah. see what's the funniest number yeah, yeah, yeah. and Arnos, Arnos, Arnos yeah. and all the, all of this sort of thing just to perfect it and just to squeeze <coughs> every laugh out well, of it. Well,
0: the bit um, in that footage the, the sort of, the little... Uh, cherry that he places on top with that line is rain top bell
1: yes
0: (laughs) yeah i can't remember 104 arnos grove rain top bell because he's Mm. he's got that great percussive way he says B, hasn't he you know as as his sort of bob yes you know and rain top bell Mm.
1: i don't even know if there is a rain top bell there must be Presumably there is. But I think watching them work those scripts, it's not a stretch of imagination at all, is it, to imagine that you would have had a Kenneth Williams and a, a Tony Hancock discussion, or or whomsoever else. I don't know. Can you imagine that, though, with Wilfred Bramble? Would he have been that arsed? Or, I don't know if he would have been, or if he would have been more like an Arthur Lowe, sort of uh, won't have the rubbish in the house.
0: I oh, no, with Wilfred Bramble. He's very... I mean, oh, it's, it's the word I'd use is enigmatic, which seems you know Mm-mm. completely at odds with... Wilfred Bramble, but he was enigmatic.
1: I don't know a great deal about him. Particularly, well, he, didn't, he wouldn't turn the performance on till the last minute, would he? So, mm. in rehearsal, he'd just sort of like be fairly stilted, and he wouldn't be doing too much. Whereas Harry H. Corbett wanted to use rehearsal. I mean, he worked mm. with Joan Littlewood, of course, so he found rehearsal to be the time when. You actually made the magic, whereas Wilford Bramble would just sort of read the script and then the audience would come in and then bang, turn it on. Yeah, you yeah. Know, which uh, I suppose there's that apparently, first um, little conflict of style there. Oh, it was a total, total mm. clash of styles,
0: egos, everything. Yeah. Um, apparently Sid James was like that. He'd do it on the night. Ah, uh, right, okay. According to, I can't remember what I saw it in, uh, it would have been William G. Stewart talking about Bless This House. Right. And he said, you know, and Sid was like, nah no. Nah, you white. You know. Yeah. And then they'd do the show and he'd be like, Right, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with him. You know, yeah. it was it was it was Sid. Um but I mean completely different motivation. I suspect with Bramble there was a huge insecurity, a massive insecurity. Well, I mean,
1: yeah, when you think of who he really was yeah, uh, I mean, as a, as a human being, and who he wasn't allowed to be as a human being, then yeah. all sorts of inscurities would have crept in. Because I love the photos when you see Bramble out and about. There's the that wonderful one where it appears like he's wearing Lederhosen with knee length yellow socks yeah. and a yellow tank top.
0: That's magnificent. Just,
1: what a man! Uh, oh.
0: Collected silver snuff boxes, didn't he? Oh. He was uh, he was uh, greatly into the arts and stuff like that. But I, you know, tortured, but. <clears throat> unlike Williams, he he didn't repress his urges. He mm. indulged them, mm. you know, which br- brings along with it its own set of psychological fallout, really.
1: Yeah, well, there was that occasion, wasn't there, after he was... Uh, didn't he go to court because he'd been cottaging? In and then the episode was... There was an episode due to be recorded, and they didn't know how this was going to go at all. How would the audience react? would the audience not take to him when he came out to start delivering the lines and they just loved him regardless? Yeah. You know, I think that's yeah, yeah. such an important thing, really. So, Absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. It's like the story about Jimmy Edwards that Barry Cryer told me, which I, I did not have a clue oh. that Jimmy Edwards was gay. I had no idea. Absolutely no, not. It's immaterial anyway, but I didn't. Mm. And he said, I've told you this, haven't I? Apologies to the listeners, because you've probably heard me tell this, but it's it's interesting as a sort of thumbnail sketch of society as they really are and how, you know, it's at odds with the depiction of society mm. in the 1950s, 60s. It must have been the 70s, actually. They were doing this play, and the news of the world had run with the proof they'd outed Jimmy Edwards. Mm. And he was in bits in the dressing room, and Barry said, don't worry, Jimmy, he'll be fine, it will be fine, you know. Anyway, he walks out on stage that night, and I I think I'm right in recalling that Barry said he walked on to a standing ovation. Mm. You know, so people knew, people knew at the time that a lot of this stuff was just not really aligned with how people thought, but the law as it stood was probably still Victorian, wasn't it?
1: it? And this is why I find it ridiculous when people say, you know, about round the horn, with Julian and Sandy, with this idea that, well, people were laughing, but they didn't know what they were laughing Bollocks. at. Bollocks. Absolutely not. They knew. They clearly You get the knew. odd
0: really hearty chuckle mm. at some of the Polari, though, don't you? Where someone really knows what they're saying. Yeah, like, absolutely. Really, really knows. It's like, Wait! Yeah. You know, There's a great interview on uh, that Victor Lewis Smith doc. Uh, that I've not seen before, and he's saying about his dad because I know the phrase "You've got to get a trade, boy. You've got to get a trade." Mm. And there's someone in the audience like, and Ken's like, oh, "I know trade," <laughs> you know, yeah. um, because I believe the phrase "a bit of trade" mm. was, you know, a bit of sort of casual of, sex. Yeah, yes, yes, and like. and the diaries are full of, of, very interesting stuff. Um, but always unrequited. he's always holding himself back you know he, yeah. met, he meets someone who he really fancies or someone who he not only fancies but he chats to and it's like, God this person's amazing you know he's he's quite fulsome of, of in his praise of his potential partners mm. and he's established that they are traditional as he calls it. yes you know so he knows he's on he's on a promise and yet time after time after time. He doesn't go through with it. It's that's that's just sad. That's just. It sad. is. But we're straying from Leslie Phillips here. We are. We are. We are somewhat, straying from yeah. Leslie Phillips. No,
1: Leslie Phillips to me, like I say, it, the Navy Lark, and that first set of tapes that I got of the Navy Lark, and. It may have been the first sort of sitcom on the radio I became really accustomed to, because I remember that Round the Horn used to get occasional repeats, but that was sketches. The goons would go on Radio 2 on repeats sometimes. But then to hear the Navy Lark and to get these ridiculous storylines. I mean, if you're going to do 17 years of anything, you are going to run out of material quite quickly. And they always did at least 13 a year. You know, So they're, they're churning this stuff out. Laurie Johnson, I think, wrote the majority of them. And... The plot lines are ludicrous, and the whole idea of Leslie Phillips just basically being this exceptionally thick sub-lieutenant who can't steer a ship and is constantly <laughs> crashing a, fig- a frigate. Oh, it's just beautiful, and it gives you the chance to play with sound, but the best bits are when you can just hear they are just absolutely on the verge of pure hysteria, which happens so often, Lovely. and it goes out, as it should, but uh, pure joy. Those programs. But thinking about it now, you've got um, Leslie Phillips, Stephen Murray, John Pertwee, Heather Chasem, Ronnie Barker, Tony Elevens. I don't think Judy Cornwell's gone even. So I don't think there's any of the cast of the Navy Lock around anymore. I think it's that's am- this. It. It's amazing how beautiful Judy Carmwell was mm.
0: as, as um, you know a young actress when you see those photos from that because you know I sort of know her as Onslow's wife that's right was yeah. Daisy Daisy was she Daisy yes she was um, they were all named after flowers weren't they mm. Hyacinth and Daisy and, and uh, Rose and Rose yeah, yeah. Um, you know you only know her as that and, and when you used to see her not in that she didn't look like they'd made her up in the series obviously yeah and yeah. um, but yeah, it was, I remember, I've never heard an episode of The Navy Lark, never. Really? I've never ever oh. listened to it. I don't know why, I think, do you remember, and we we do mention this a lot, but there was that, was it 50 years of the BBC in the 80s? That's right, 86. Where we, we were spoiled rotten. Oh yeah. It's kind of like you got 50 years of greatness condensed into a couple of weeks and it was like, my God, this is astonishing. Mm. That's when I first heard... Um, the Goons, and when I first heard Round the Horn and stuff mm. like that. Um, and for me, Round the Horn is just head and shoulders above everything. Oh, it's perfect, Round It the is Horn. just so good. You know, Marty mm. Feldman, Barry Tuck,
1: um, Peak of the Powers, it's just like, wow. It And it's... I should hate it, right, because it's character comedy. It's a bit like when you get... Anybody, Catherine Tate or, that blo- or the Bloody Fast show where basically they, they go, right, we've got a character and that's their joke. Let's just change the scenario and write 12 of those. But Round the Horn is essentially the same thing every week. But they keep you waiting. You know something's coming and they keep you waiting and then they deliver a line. And each week it's just not what you were expecting at all. The writing is Beautiful. I mean, the clue is in the title, though, as to why
0: it enjoys and its appeal. It's all around the horn. It's all, he, it all revolves around
1: Kenneth. It does. But the fact that they make quite often a play on the fact that his surname is a euphemism for a hard on <laughs> <laughs> is equally brilliant, you know, which they will frequently do, where you'll get Julian and Sandy saying, And what was your name again? He goes, Mr. Oh. He won't say it. You know, it's that sort of thing. Love Calling it. it round the horn, even just that is. They will have been pissing themselves just at the oh, title. It's in, it in the diaries the how times. much he
0: enjoys it. Mm. It's in the diaries. They're all having a ball. Yes. And to have that sort of avuncular central character, in the same way that Pertwee was with Doctor Who, Yeah, right, you know, there's there's a real stabilising influence on the cast, and certainly on Kenneth Williams. Mm. Do you know, um, speaking of radio comedy, yeah. it's only in the last few weeks you're going to laugh at me here. It's only in the last few weeks, well mock me, uh, that I have realized why in Hancock it was called the Bowman's <laughs> Really? It really is. It really is. I know. I know. That's that's that's
1: worthy of ridicule, isn't that, it? That that is. You didn't make the connection. No. Archer no. Bowman. You didn't I, get... I always wondered why they, why'd you
0: call it the Bowman's? Why didn't you call it, you know, <laughs> something else? And then <laughs> It, w- it was just the other week, I was like, oh, yeah?
1: Yes. Hey, that's dead clever, that. That's good, though, isn't it? Oh, aye. So there you go. Oh, we are. Well, talking of which, uh, there was another there was another loss this week, um, yes. who who many people will have heard. And here's the thing, of course, because uh, I was having a think this week about, about the soap operas for another reason that we'll come on to. Um, Blimey, have I unwittingly done a great segue for you? Here? I think you have here. Ooh, Absolutely, this is quite. Um, this is mine. this is quite good. This, but um, yeah, The Archers is current <coughs> <coughs> the most popular soap opera in the country. It's beating all the TV soaps now. So, how? What by what metric? I mean, uh, listeners. I'm guessing in terms of listeners, uh, Archers is currently averaging just around about the six point two million mark. That is a. St- Really? really. I had really? no idea its appeal was so broad. Oh yes, yeah. six point two million. But this week, uh, one of the cast died, and um, that was Graham Blockley, who played uh, Linda Snell's husband. Um, Linda Snell is the local, so lo- the local snob who puts on the annual panto and all that sort of thing. She's a bit of an Annie Walker character. And her husband, Robert, this lovely mild man, sort of slightly fussy. You can imagine he would have looked like a bank clerk in the 1950s. Um, but with a beautiful voice. And this is the the genius thing about the Archers, is they always find actors who've got such distinct voices. You know, you don't just get your average accents or anything like that. You get extremes of character within voice. And Graham Blockley, um, who died this week, was one such person. But what I love about him was he went to drama school And then very shortly after drama school, fell in love, met a lady, got married. And it was that realisation that, well, acting's all well and good, but it's not completely stable. But he came from a medical family. So as well as treading the boards, he then starts becoming a medical student. And he does the two at once. He's working as an actor, working as a medical student. And then he spent 30-odd years as a practising GP, Monday to Friday. And The Archers has always recorded on a Sunday up in Birmingham. So over a weekend, he'd get in his car, drive to Birmingham, be in The Archers. And the next morning, he's back in his surgery, being the local doctor. And hardly anybody knew And he did that's that crazy. for about 30 years. He did. Um, a lovely, lovely voice. And uh, yeah, bit of a shame, that, because that's not a cast. Like we were saying the other week, you know, where we've got 80 in a cast or something. The Archers doesn't do that. You've got a number of little family units and then you've got a couple of other actors. And that's it. So you get to know everyone. And you get Mm. to know the village. The weirdest thing with that programme is if you stood me in the middle of that village, I could show you where the church is. And it literally doesn't exist. It's not like they go and film somewhere. But it's so well done that you know where everything is. But yeah, it's a shame to have lost... uh, Lost someone who I've listened to for years. He's been doing it since 86, <laughs> being a GP and being in The wow. arches. till he retired wow. from being a GP, I think, three years ago. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was a sad one, but uh, cracking voice, lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know anything about him, but the the little bit I read before we Ooh. came on was saying the voice very sonorous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Just... yeah, that's what you want in a doctor as well, isn't it? That reassuring burr. It absolutely is, and that's what you got from the characters. So uh, as a GP, I can absolutely imagine him. Apparently everybody loved him in that way. And staying with Soap, another one, Bill Treacher this week. Bill Treacher, yes, yes. Mm. I
0: actually have to admit, I thought he... Died a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, you were saying that, yeah, but. Uh... I think last week we mentioned Bill Treacher anyway, because he's in that episode of Minder with the smuggling of tobacco, I'm sure. He is. Have you encountered him in The Brothers yet in Series 4? No, no, no. Oh, no, you no. will. I'm, I'm sort of I'm um, I'm rationing series four because I don't have series five, six, and seven. Oh. I could quite easily go downstairs and just sit there for ten hours and watch
1: it all. Demolish it absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, no, he's in the brothers, but then of course the most of the thing he's most well known for is EastEnders back when EastEnders was a program that was worth watching. Um, Arthur Fowler. Arthur Fowler. Um, and EastEnders, of course, when it started, I mean, EastEnders did that lovely thing, didn't it? Where it basically did take. The ITV model that had been developed. So Coronation Street, one location and mm-hmm. some families, and you get to know all of them. But you've got the pub where they all meet. Same with Emmerdale, exactly the same setup. Um, EastEnders, I think, replicated that beautifully. It was Sir uh, Julia Smith and Tony Holland, and it was an absolute little work of genius. EastEnders when it first started, even though I didn't watch it, I know I knew who everyone was, and that's a bit like with. Coronation Street, I knew who Ina Sharples was. I knew who Elsie yeah. Tanner was. We didn't Well, you either.
0: actually knew who they were because you lived among them as well. Well, there so was there's, that. Yeah. There's that aspect with old soaps and casting. You know, in EastEnders, our Corrie, there were yeah. people you knew who looked and acted
1: like that. Oh, absolutely. But even if you didn't watch the programme, these stars were everywhere.
0: Yeah so, yeah. so
1: I knew who they were in the same way as I knew... I didn't watch Emmerdale Farm, obviously, but I remember my friend Miles, his mum... Um, pointed out when we were watching I think the Crotons but, oh he's in Emmerdale Farm so you got to know all of these people and I think EastEnders did that beautifully to begin with as well with a number of little family units and just one or two unusual characters like Lofty or whatever well and you could got- keep track of them exactly you could you can keep I mean so you had
0: Lofty who was their version of Curly Watts didn't you Mm. I saw a chap driving past this morning, returning with my sprouts and eggs and uh, vape, Mm. um, who looked like Fraser Hines. Oh. Mm. That made me wonder, how many chaps are there out there who look like Fraser Hines? And then my brain went to the next logical step, was like, well, no, there are a lot of chaps who look like Fraser Hines looks like now. Yes. And that... Then my brain went into the direction of, we all end up looking the same at the end and we look the same at the beginning,
1: don't we? I don't know, you know, Fraser Hines looks bloody good for his age.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't look like Fraser Hines in his pomp.
1: Well, no, but his pomp, he would have been about 23. I mean, he's now what? That's what I mean, but uh, but Chappie this morning who looks
0: like Fraser Hines now Mm. would not have looked like Fraser Hines then. We don't know that. He might have looked just like Fraser Hines. He could have, couldn't he? It could have been Fraser Hines. Fraser Hines, fifty seven varieties. There we are. Um yes. No, it weren't Fraser Hines. Oh. I doubt he'd be in Morrison's in Widness on a, a Saturday morning. Would he? Maybe Wait. he's got maybe he's got a bird in Widness. Maybe there's that. You maybe know, the, maybe still, Fraser Hines has. He's still a dilettante, isn't he, at his age? Oh yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's still a footloose and fancy free. He has an eye for the ladies. He has, has an has eye that. for the ladies. Oh yeah. With you Didn't mentioning... they have an eye for both of his Doctor Who companions? I don't know. You're
0: before. the man who knows all the inside... What do they call it? Inside baseball.
1: Well, yes, so long as you want news from 60 years ago. Well, that's, um,
0: that's the stuff we want.
1: Yeah, thinking about it. No, he had a thing with uh, Deborah Watling. I don't think there was a thing with Zoe Padbury. Uh, Wendy Padbridge. She could have already been going out with Melvin Hayes, which I find quite... That's bizarre. Uh, shocking, yeah. Mm. Very happily married for a long time with children, though. so mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm, fair enough, there we
0: are. Um, oh. Would you mention him, what was his name, Blockley? Yes, Graham Blockley. My brain goes to Dave Brockley of Hawkwind, and yes. uh, Nick Turner of Hawkwind passed away yesterday. Yes. You know, the the man with the sax, the legend that was Nick Turner. It's <sighs> If you've ever seen um, this is uh, Stonehenge, this is Hawkwind, do not panic. Have you ever seen that Solstice video? No, I haven't it's just brilliant i mean nick turner's like this uh, this this pivoting maypole that everything revolves around uh, but of course you know nick turner doing inner city unit which which is a kind of the the bridge really that joins that whole 60s counterculture with the punk movement mm. um nick turner's very important figure and that whole Ladbrook Grove scene, yes. you know, with all those people out of Motorhead and Heartwind and et cetera, et cetera. It's mm. fascinating. I think there's a
1: book out there about all of that.
0: Oh, ah, That would um, be interesting. I yeah. love
1: just, just yesterday because of course when he died sort of straight away, you're looking at pictures of him. And I've never seen anybody look more 1970 than that man.
0: Yeah, Cat Weasel.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. with a caftan
0: and yeah, and the yeah, beard.
1: yeah. Oh, just yeah, stunning. Just a beautiful looking man. Just and then late seventies,
0: he's uh, he's got like a big mohican and everything.
1: Blimey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get the there's feeling there's someone who is definitely influencing rather than following all the way oh, just yeah. subtly influencing away. Yeah, yeah. He's a huge figure. He's one of those people that not
0: many people know who mm. he is, but he's a huge figure. Yeah. Um, somebody was saying on Twitter yesterday that they brought him to a Motorhead gig mm. uh, and reconciled him and Lemmy, which was nice to know because him and Lemmy had a sort of quite famous falling out uh, and Lemmy left Heartwind. Right. Um, so it's 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 very interesting, it, but it's really sad that mm. this whole continuum of people are passing on. You know, yeah, it is, it's it's sad. It's sad, but I mean, he was eighty-two. He, uh, he was, was, but a, you know, a
1: brilliant life. I blame six-two-five-line videotape for this. That's mm-hmm. what I blame. Okay, Be- because because I can watch him in footage from 1970 and I can watch Bill Treacher in an EastEnders from 1985 and even Leslie Phillips, you know, there he is in Casanova 73, lovely, you know, 625 line crisp videotape. So it looks like news footage. So it's got that immediacy and you're watching these young <coughs> people preserved perfectly. These aren't pictures that have been fannied about with and especially yeah. ruined at HBO. These are just the pictures of these people's faces and you go... How can that person have grown old and died? I can't. I know, quite I know. I know it's, it's,
0: it's one of those things because we're not meant to see people mm. preserved like that. So our brains have a, have a bit of a hard time reconciling, mm. you know, old and dead people well, with, yes. with the, the actual, you know, they're alive, they're there, you know. It's,
1: well, that's it's, it. It's a bit like recently, you know, um, with one of my absolute favourite series, Time Slip from 1970, Mm. which is one of the, you know, it's a perfect 1970s children's TV programme where you've got these two youngsters who both speak and receive pronunciation, who Mm. discover that if they go through a fence they can go back and forth in time. And there's one episode in colour preserved on videotape and there they both are. He's 15, she's 16. And then recently, um, Big Finish have uh, made these stories and so you think, well let's read up because you've got the kids, the kids are in there. And um, she's seventy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank I know. You. I don't
0: I know like that. I know. I know. Domini, oh. Mister Mister Yates or whatever yeah. it is. Yes. Yeah. I find that very unsettling. It is very it? unsettling. It is very unsettling. But I mean, we we were all propelling toward our ultimate destination.
1: We are. You know. Talking of early nineteen seventies children's programming, that brings it on to somebody else. And that's Tom Owen, Seamless, look at that, um, who was one of the freewheelers for Southern mm. Television, but I suppose he's best known for the fact that he was Bill Owen's son and ended up taking over from Bill Owen and Last of the Summer Wine. And then... yeah. Yeah, you told me just before that Bill Owen was a cockney, and I feel that everything I've and ever been so was Leslie just... Phillips.
0: We didn't mention that, did we? Well, no, we didn't. He we was didn't. a cockney.
1: Yeah. Which,
0: which there must have been some common ground, there with Kenneth Williams, wasn't, wasn't there? Were they both sort of cockneys, like Viv Stanchel was. Mm. They're both these sort of cockney children mm. who uh, changed the way they spoke completely. Mm. I mean, Kenneth Williams is... A, anyway, we won't go on about that. But I find it odd, because it doesn't appear to me that he did anything over then alter his accent himself. Mm. Whereas Phillips went to the Italia Conti school um, after his dad died. I don't know how Mm -hmm. his dad died, but after his dad died, he went to the Italia Conti school where they kind of told him how to speak.
1: Well, the accent would have been taught out of you. You know, Mm. that was, we're we're absolutely at the time when what we wanted was received pronunciation or mid-Atlantic. So any trace of an accent would be just taken away. Bit by bit, um, when you had these remarkable voice teachers, have I talked on here about Cicely Berry? Have I mentioned? I don't remember you doing. So Cicely Berry is a wonderful, wonderful voice uh, coach, and she works with a number of drama schools, and presumably still does. Um, And one day, and this is going back about fifteen years or so, um, I took a group of students to the National Theatre, and we were allowed into the auditorium whilst they were doing um, some sort of a rehearsal. And Cicely Berry was there, and I didn't know who it was. I'd read, I have read the book, um, Voice for Actors. It's a, it's a stunning piece of work that she wrote. And it teaches you so much about your own voice as a performer. But then this woman came over and started talking. And I'm there sort of introducing myself and saying, ah, yes, we're from here and here, and this is what I do. And she just went, ah, I love a Pudleyan accent. And I went, hmm, what, how? Dare you? Well, how, how dare you? I did. I thought that. But then she did the most amazing trick, which is she spoke to one of our other students who was full on scouse kid, scouse girl, and then said, Ah, but your mother's Welsh, isn't she? And she could hear a yeah. little bit of Welsh in there and she discerned, All oh, right, that's, but it's on the maternal side, not the paternal side. The ear on the woman. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But. But yeah, back then they would train, train your accent out of you. It was the one thing that you didn't want was a natural accent, of course.
0: Well, yeah, and then uh, and then of course you get nineteen sixty turning up, and it must oh. have been like shit. Yes. You know, because they could, you know, they weren't known for that. No. So uh, there was that credibility that came along with working class actors, wasn't
1: there? Mm. Um, with well, again, we're back Sunday to Joan Hall, Littlewood and the Theatre Workshop and things like that. The idea of the company as director, and um, you know, theatre back then, especially things like youth theatre. Youth theatre was a genuine, quite socialist, socially advanced mm. movement, really. Um, so, for theatre to have been that as well is is no surprise. That idea of taking it back from the establishment, mm. which is an ongoing fight, really, isn't it? Trying to do that, trying to. I have... think it's
0: swung very much back to how it used to be. What you've got now mm. are um, posh shows. Posh actors who mm. masquerade as working class.
1: Well, you have that, but you've also got the fact that now, um, a colleague of ours was telling me about uh, some musical that's going on uh, in London at the moment, and it's three hundred and fifty quid a seat. Yeah, three hundred. Yeah. What is it? Cabaret. Is it cabaret that they I think it is that they're selling those for three hundred and fifty quid. It.
0: I don't like musicals oh, unless no. it's Scrooge the musical
1: that's acceptable that is acceptable newly embrickers as one That one stuff. and um, legally blonde that's no. acceptable i've never seen that well no no nor, nor what i have done but i did um what? the reason i liked it and I, oh, I was I'm so angry. angry. well no 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 the reason i liked it yeah. well yes obviously oh. and it's got a dog in it and there's always a risk the dog'll just take a shit on the floor so but um the one that i watched um all of a sudden, out comes the character of the headmaster. And these are all American accents, and I'm just sat there sulking a moot common And out comes the headmaster, and it's Peter Davison. Oh, give, that's give right. It I loads. remember now. I
0: remember yes. now.
1: And then at the end he came out and of course the young starlets have all had cheers and whoops and he came out and he got a relatively polite sort of round of applause and he clearly was slightly cross so he flicked the V's at the audience. <laughs> thought, Brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. were you Go sort on, of Peter. up
0: on your feet, stamping uh, your feet? Oh, then.
1: I was delighted. Hey, t- that's it. That's what I like. He's such a cross man. I love that. Um, but that's there, there are no other good musicals.
0: No, not that I know all. of. I only know that
1: one. Yeah. Sound of music, you must know. Oh, dreadful! Yeah, absolutely bloody dreadful. That's like that's Christmas
0: Day, or is it Boxing Day that used to come
1: on? I think it was. I think it was a Boxing Day thing. Oh God, horrible! You know, Protestant TV. Oh no, no! Don't blame that on me. I'm not very Protestant. No, no, I'm not having that one. Absolutely, you can keep them. No, 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 because I can't understand with musicals. It's that basic conceit, right? You've got two people walking down the street delivering dialogue. Fine, mm. that's natural. Then they burst into song. Where's the orchestra hiding in Brooklyn? I know. I don't get that. Show the orchestra in shot or, or that's fine. And they happen to be there on West Side Story, which is common. That's fine. Yeah. But if you can't see the orchestra, I mean, well, how's it? How, where are they hearing the music? Are they all insane? I, I can't make that leap. I well can't. there is that
0: there is no but there is that perception of the world that we all have because you're never entirely in the moment, are you? You do have music playing in your own head.
1: Yes, but I don't burst into song walking down the street. I'd be sectioned if I were, and quite rightly. I agree with you.
0: I agree. Well, there are chaps who burst into song walking down the street in Liverpool. I, I there, see them.
1: They should be sectioned. They're shunned. Hmm.
0: They're breaking the social compact. Absolutely.
1: And Maybe so. they can hear a full orchestra, and they're about to go into exactly. a performance of of that, was it? I am not being a medic. Oh, I that hate food. that dreadful. Oh, that annoys dreadful
0: me. Dreadful stuff. I don't like musicals. Never have done. No. Um, Ridiculous. Even though I suppose I have done what would be classed a musical.
1: We have together created. Ugh anyway musical. that's not the point no, pu- putting no, that was a good musical that was a good musical that, that was a good musical yeah that's the difference is there are yes. only about three good
0: musicals yes yes two for rubbish. Me. yes two rest of rubbish esther rubbish yeah. Yeah. um no i don't i don't hold with musicals um what no. were we talking about i can't remember now tom, tom owen. owen yeah yes
1: tom owen right tom i don't owen. know
0: anything about the man
1: I know very little about the man. I just think it's it's remarkable, isn't it, that in the space of one day, the yeah. the, the number of people... So oh, God, Leslie Philly. Oh, God, there's a... Oh, crap. And it just kept going. Mm. The tsunami of nice people being washed yeah. away. Well, it's like when David Bowie died,
0: you know, the year everybody died. Mm. That was... That was crazy, wasn't it? Wasn't it like David Bowie at one end of the year and Lemmy at the other end of the year? That's right, yeah. A year separate and in between like Victoria Wood and loads of cool people. Loads of people, yeah. Yeah, Rick Mayall, stuff Mm. like that, like, you know... Uh, You shall have to write your own speeches from here on in, Oh,
1: I can get loads more mileage out of that one. I'm drip-feeding bits of that speech into my various ones.
0: Yes, but you had an occasion. Didn't you have your annual pageant with the... uh, Isn't it a paper horse or something? Or is it a real horse?
1: Well, it depends, year to year, yes. I I lead the village combination of hippies and druids uh, down the street and along the front. Before you Um, burn the undesirables. That's the idea of yes um and some years i have a real horse and some years i have one that's sort of a wicker horse oh i'm always God. a bit worried about being given a wicker horse and being told walk to that bonfire for yes. us. yes um but yes so i i did the annual leading of the village last night um Slightly scurry, they hadn't bothered to build the fire particularly well, and there was a very strong wind, and I'm sat there with this wicker horse, and there's just chunks of fire is the way to describe it. It's not it's not embers at one point. It's like little bits of still burning <coughs> wood are detaching themselves and flying at me and my horse, which was a little bit scurry. Um so the whole proceedings didn't last long because there was a danger that people were going to die. So uh so why is it a week after Bonfire Night they do this? No, it's just uh, the closest day to uh, Armistice Day. I think that's the idea. Oh, it's, it's all an the... Armistice thing. Well, no, it's it's a peace and love thing, right? So they connect it to Armistice, and it's the story of um, I've just forgotten his name, and this is embarrassing because I was being him last night. Mm. Um, but he's a saint. It'll come back to me. Mm. Um, but. Uh, yeah and he, he uh, the story is he's an important saint and he travels around and then he's returning home after defeating the no he, he was a roman and he's returning home and he passes a beggar and the beggar's sat there and he's shivering and he's weeping and this uh, chap takes off his cloak and slices it in half and gives the beggar half of it now to me this is a nobleman he can afford to lose a cloak and he give doesn't him a give cloak. the whole cloak yeah give him the whole cloak I think, though, the
0: the moral of that story is to share, isn't it, what you have?
1: Well, it possibly is. And then, after all, then they bring out biscuits. that are in the shape of a cloak, and and you have to take one and snap it and share it with somebody else. That's nice. That's quite nice. And they used to do a thing where they brought out the oldest woman in the village um, who would get wheeled. Oh, no. No, this was a lady who would be wheeled out onto the sand in her chair, whether she wanted to be or not. Yeah. and she was Jewish, and so her role in the ceremony was to snap a biscuit and give it to a local German child. That's, which always struck me as cohesive a, and nice. Yeah, it always struck me as a bit strange. The the elderly Jewish lady who doesn't want to be the forgiving the descendants of of the third right. Well, oh. you can't say that just because they were German. That's exactly why they were doing it.
0: Yes, yes, I suppose. I it's suppose. exactly
1: why it's a very strange little tradition. I love but it, as you said, hippies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I, I do love it. I have to admit, um, doing that each year, it's it's the strangest thing. But the horse, yeah, they do occasionally give me a real horse. Um, but the first time they gave me a horse, they or oh, we're getting you a horse. They gave me basically it was a Shetland pony. And there was a lovely moment when I was walking towards it and it just looked over its shoulder at me and you could just see its face go, oh, God, no. <laughs> I got on it and I thought, it's, it's not happy, this poor horse. So I just walked with that one. So the next year I was told, don't worry, we've sorted the horse problem. Oh, hang on, someone horse. at the door. Oh, should Hold we go on. to a break? Yes, do that. Well, we'll go to a break at this point. You can find out the exciting thing that happened with that horse once Mike gets back. Shall be long, back in a mow. The Empire Theatre presents Cinderella, starring Windsor Davis and Melvin Hayes. Tickets from Rushworth, Whitechapel, Liverpool. Phone 051 709 6699. The Roy Hall Christmas Spectacular is now on. Knockout prices on the North's most comprehensive Christmas stocks at Roy Hall Cash and Carry. Ashton Old Road, Manchester. Open seven days, trade only. Plymouth Theatre Royal brings you Cinderella, starring Paul Henry. Nairie Dawnport to Susan Bourne. Featuring the
0: London Palladium sets and the costumes by the Emmanuels.
1: And you shall see Cinderella. Oh,
0: no, you won't.
1: Oh, yes, you will if you book now. Love you, Cinders. Saint Saint Martin was the name. So he would sort of like yeah, he gave half a cloak away and then rode off, but he's fully dressed in armour. I mean he's a rich man. Right. There's no joy in sort of, you know, going up to somebody who has got nothing if you're a wealthy landowner mm. and going, You can have half a thing. Just give him yes. the thing.
0: Yes, yes, you've got to give him the thing.
1: Yeah. It's a Did very he give option.
0: him anything else? Did he give
1: him a biscuit? Oh no, he didn't give him a biscuit, he gave no him biscuits. half a cloak and then rode off. But, oh. uh, yeah, last night, no, the, the horse nearly went up in flames. So, How exciting. very exciting. Yes. Very, very exciting. Yes, but it's always nice to lead the village in such pageantry.
0: I oh, think, I, yeah. It's not that I want to do oh, it. Oh, I don't understand. want to
1: have to. They insist every, uh, It's expected, dear. It is. You know, maybe during the year when people see me and say, oh, there's the St. Martin. It uh, looks you. like you're having a little scotch there, dear. does, doesn't it? It celebrates not. It's iron brew. Means. Yes, it it
0: reminds me of um, of Edward Teddy Teddy the Brothers. Oh. I tell you what's interested in the brothers. Mm. Um, end of series three, maybe. Um, yeah. When uh, the wonderful Hillary Anne oh. gets pissed mm. and does the overdose thing, but before she does, she does the equivalent of a drunken text, doesn't she? Oh in yes. In the seventies, and I, that that amused me. It was like. Not the suicide bit. What, no. what amused me was the fact that, God almighty, people were still able to do the drunken text by ringing up and dictating a uh, telegram. telegram. Yeah. yeah. So she sends a drunken telegram to Nicholas, is it? That's right, Nicholas the, Fox. Yeah, the designer. Yes. He's, a, he's a, excellent, whoever that actor is. I, I don't know his
1: name. Jonathan Newth. That is. Right, yeah. Um, who, he's in Tenko, he's in um, After Henry, he's, oh, he's got a good pedigree to him, Jonathan Newth, he's a cracking actor. A
0: great looking bloke, he's proper, isn't he? Oh yeah. He's got that stature and he's got the face and everything. Very angular face, yeah, very interesting yeah. to look yeah. at. yeah.
1: But uh, but as a measure of what a good actor he is, I mean, you know, you've got him as the lounge lizard in The Brothers, and then when he turns up in Tenko, he's this incredibly sort of stiff and upright British Army chap, but totally believable again. Mm. Um, a, a cracking character actor. Yeah, he's brilliant great. character. Is he still with us? Actor. Do you know what? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know about him, actually. I would hope He's so. brilliant. He'll he's be getting brilliant. on a bit, but I hope he is. I'm not sure about settled family
0: man Teddy. Edward still, mm, no. I mean, uh, um, no. He's no, uh, he's, no Glen no, Owen. No Glen really? Owen. He's right. not. I, I'm afraid not. I I tell you, I, I get exactly what you're saying about now they all look alike and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely, absolutely. But Glen Owen in that role, there's 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 a vulnerability to him, mm. which which means that this really sort of aggressive exterior is balanced out by this. You know, the mummy's boy bit and stuff like that is yeah. believable in Glenn yeah. Owen. Um whereas True. with Patrick O'Connell, um I don't know, he's just I mean, they're very different actors.
1: Mm, they really it's such, are.
0: It's such a shame they didn't either start with Patrick O'Connell
1: or stay with Glenn Owen. It is. I suppose it is. Yeah, I I just fully accept Glenn Owen. Uh Patrick O'Connell. As Teddy, I think because and it is that thing because I'm so used to Glenn Owen and Howard's Way and I think no, he is Jack Rolf. He's the shipbuilder, not the lorry driver. I can yeah. I can believe him in Howard's Way much more. Um, but uh, you do get to see that the vulnerability will show up with Patrick O'Connell. Yeah. It, it does appear, um, but he does play it much more.
0: He's very really stiff up a lip, isn't he? Yes, Patrick O'Connell. He's very. I should imagine he played a lot of officers in his time.
1: Well, do you know what? He played an awful lot of no-do-wells. Um, oh, really? Yeah, always... Uh, first couple of things that you'll see him in on television. He's uh, he's a horrific criminal in an episode of Adam Adamant Lives. He's the smuggler in the Dalek invasion of Earth that the sliver eats. Um, he's you know He's got some sort of, like... He's got diversity to his range, but his real love was Shakespeare, Patrick There's O'Connell. There's
0: a film I noticed he made. I must... Hang on, I'll have to Google it, because it, the character in that was... Beyond Antihero You'll mm. know what I'm on about when I remember what I'm on about mm. um, Patrick O'Connell Right, I think it was around about 1970 He does a movie right. Which uh, Let me have a look Oh, don't go back to 1988 He was working beyond that What's Ooh, going on, oh. Paul? Why does IMDb
1: oh. only go back to 1988? Oh, it's IMDb. Anyone can uh, anyone can do anything to IMDb. It's a bit like Wikipedia in a way, isn't it? Yeah, anyone the, can I think that's
0: around. it. Uh, yeah, The Ragman's Daughter. Oh. Uh, written by Alan Sillito. So I obviously need to see this. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks really interesting. Oh, um, okay. Instead, who else did I like the look of in it? So of course Simon, is it Rouse or Ruse? I don't know. Oh yes. And Brian Murphy uh, plays his dad. You know, in nineteen seventy two, Brian Murphy, I, I can't ever
1: fix an age on Brian Murphy because he's another John Littlewood, isn't he? He is. It, well, didn't he turn? He had a birthday the other week, and he's turned ninety two, I think, or something yeah. like that. Or it could have been eighty two. But again, I can't place him because in nineteen seventy three, he looked late middle age.
0: You know, he's playing. Um, a guy in his sixties, obviously, or seventies then. Mm. Yeah, and he plays the old guy that with the pigeons in uh, Sparrows Can't Sing. Yeah, which is what sixty two, is it sixty four?
1: But then, of course, he turns up as uh, as a neighbour in Brookside, and he does six months there at some point as well, yeah. which is. And he died of the plague because they had an outbreak of plague in Brookie. when towards the end they did. There was a virus unleashed. Brookside went mad in its last years. They had a big cult. You know, took over one of the houses and then they blew the house up. And then, where do we go next? Plague. Let's go plague. No and I think way. Brian Murphy's character moved in, having been a businessman abroad, and he brought back some exotic plague with him. And it was, yeah, and they killed a few characters off with plague. Mad He's married soap. to the
0: girl out of Heidi I, isn't he now?
1: Yes, he is. Is it Nikki something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah Brian Murphy. And, and there wasn't that much of a differential in age between him and Youth of Joyce was there it was like two years or something something like that yeah 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 but um, yeah I mean well again this is it's so strange that a, a very sort of underground theatre company you mm. know in John Littlewood gave you you know Blakey and also Jack mm. in On the Buses and Olive yes. they were all John Littlewood players yeah. and gave you George and Mildred yeah it's I wish it, we had that continuum
1: now. Oh, I, I wish we did. But then it's like, if you look at who came out of the, you know, Liverpool, the Everyman Playhouse company yeah. to begin with, and you've yeah. got Julie Walters and you've got... Um, Robert Lindsay. Is, that's it, yeah. Pete Possethwaite. Um, that's the fella I was trying to think and, uh, of. And
0: Tosh Lyons, who was he? Kevin Lyons? Kevin Lyons, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Lloyd won it.
1: Kevin Lloyd, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got all of these amazing people all coming out of this this working class sort of hub mm. and of course we don't have that now no, we haven't we got it
0: don't it goes back to the posholes in mm. the industry um, yeah. because there's so many barriers to entry for mm. young working class actors so many Yeah, you know it's not a case of there's that theatre. They want you. Go and put on what you like. It's okay. So, oh, no, you can hire the theatre. And have you got your public liability insurance mm. and, and all this other business?
1: Yeah. No, and it, it is such a shame that it's gone in that direction once again. I mean, it swung back beautifully, yeah. but then it couldn't remain there, I suppose, and it's off we go. Yeah. And, but also the fact that we've lost the rep companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what's going to do it as well. There's your training ground gone, but you said that so many times. The lack of theatre rep yeah. in this country is just—it's such a shame that we lost that tradition. Hundreds of years of tradition gone. Yeah. Well, you need to start one, don't you? Well, the
0: Carmichael players.
1: I like that idea, but on the other hand, no bugger would go. That's the trouble, because the only people who want to go to that sort of thing are the relatives of those who are in it. It's very rare yeah. that you get a theatre company. I mean, there's the Agatha Christie Theatre Company, who travel everywhere doing an Agatha Christie each year, and they sell out every yeah. year. But a rep company, not so much. No, no. I mean, everything's
0: been—you know—people don't go anywhere because of the ubiquity of uh, the streaming services now. Well, yes. There's some good Mm. stuff on there, Jay. There isn't. There is. There isn't.
1: Have you watched the Watcher yet? No, absolutely not. Well, you should. Why? Because it's good. What's it about? Sell it to me. Um. Okay.
0: So, couple, right? Uh. Very well to do move into a very nice house you like okay. you like nice big houses
1: i do yeah in a
0: little village it's effectively it's a little bit like they've they've taken the british um trope of a little closed village where new people arrive in where's anyway, this made to, where is it made mm. uh, somewhere in america i don't know
1: <clears throat> well i know
0: i know i know obviously you don't like that aspect of it mm. Um, so anyway, they're, they're there about a day or two, based on a true story, and uh, poison pen letters arrive, warning them, and they're all from The Watcher. So, you're not going to watch that, however, no, no, however, not. Cabinet of Curiosities, that's uh, one
1: for you. Well, you've said this. Yes. Right, now then, is it like Tales of the Unexpected? Yes. Is it made in Norwich? Some of it is obviously made here. Well, here, that's a...
0: a broad church. It is, isn't it? Is yeah, well, some <laughs> of it's obviously made here, and there's some great stories with some great twists in them. Um, oh, no, I little, don't like twists. A I don't bit, like them. You like Tales of the Unexpected.
1: Well, I, I like them up to a point, but then at the end when they go, ah, but I was the man who killed your daughter. <gasps> and I go, well, why wasn't that set up previously? I don't like you, Roald Dahl going off to his wanking chamber I don't like him alright then
0: um, but you like this
1: I think is it is it is it suspenseful Oh why then no I don't want suspense well it's not always suspenseful oh no but if there's just a bit and I'm meant to go oh I must watch the next one no if you want me to watch the next one just make it good no
0: they're all self contained they're all different they're oh. all like tales of mystery and imagination no not for no, you no 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 no, no. Oh, okay. Um, right, well, you'd have to start your rep company then.
1: Well, I've got no alternative. I can watch streaming things on Box, I suppose. Proper. You can, you can, oh, you I, can. But um,
0: you're better off with a Blu-ray, in my opinion, than Brickbox. Oh, much, much better. Yeah. Every time. Much better. Yeah. Talking of which, have you got any nice things this I week? haven't. I haven't got anything. Oh, good Lord. No. Mm.
1: No. How about you? Well, uh, I must say, I'm... Um... um No, I'm a bit, uh, bit short. Well, no, I'll tell you what I have got. Yes. Um, This lovely little tin here, right now. This is a, you know when you know when something's nice if it comes in a tin. This is a a, a tin from um, John and Diane who live in the village and listen to the podcast, and they got me. Oh, very nice. They got me a tin of cheesy biscuits. Ah, cheesy biscuits. These are very nice. But you know, you know, you think cheesy biscuits. Why would you put them in a tin? Oh no, it's because they're that nice they yes.
0: proper. Yes, they're nice oh. enough to be put inside a tin.
1: They are, in a very nice tin, which I shall keep things in when I've demolished those. Yes. Um, no, apart from that nice thing, but I'm very grateful, thank you. But apart from that nice thing as well, I've got to say, Ugh. after several years, the, uh, the Doctor Who magazine came out this week, and there's the diamond logo, ah, dear. Ah,
0: now that, I have seen the cover of that,
1: yeah. Oh, now then. Uh, suddenly I'm realising what's been wrong with this magazine for so long. And I've oh, also—and no, okay. this is what was wrong with the programme as well. It's that see. Chibnall, being a strange little man, wouldn't release anything to do with the programme at oh. all. No photographs taken on set. He wouldn't give interviews. He wouldn't right. have features written about what they were up to. Nothing. So that magazine, for about four years, has been trading on just mad stuff that they've been making up. Going, oh, let's do a feature on shoes. And things like that. And then suddenly with awful. And then this issue, all of a sudden it's like Russell T. Davis as you go, Have everything. Have everything. Here's some photos. Would you like a monthly interview with me? And suddenly Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's a publicity blitz. And I'm like, Oh, okay, this is good. I like this. Yeah. So that's a welcome return to form after several years of well, not having anything good. to say. that sounds good. Yeah, and the diamond logo, dear. Got to love the diamond logo. Of course so, you've got course. to. It,
0: it's needed to have been that forever. Now, mm. now you remember my reluctance to um, invest in the Blu-rays was Ooh. the logo. And now I've invested in them, I guarantee they're going to change the logo. No. Okay.
1: There's been an announcement uh, somebody got onto Instagram and said to Russell T. Davis, oh, but what about the logos on the blue? I'm saying it, piss, taking the piss. I was, I was very worried about this, obviously. I, I am. Yes, and he said, no, we'll keep it the same on the Blu-rays. Okay. There we go. There we go. I'm, we go. I'm now, happy yes. with this. Yes. So, well, there's still a hodgepodge,
0: because you've got DVDs to cover the gaps at the minute, but I'm guessing that they are all going
1: to be released eventually. Of course they oh, are. They will be. It might take another 10, 15 years, but... Hmm. I think that the reason why there's been so much not released from the
0: 60s is they're waiting for certain technologies. I think so, In order to make them, you know, properly animated. Instead of these silly animations, they're going to animate the telesnaps. Because that technology now is getting frighteningly good.
1: Oh, the the deep fake stuff that they're doing. Yeah. uh, Which uh, my my chum Gav is doing little bits where he'll just, like, take a couple of pictures of and Get the dialogue, and then I think he has to stand in front of the camera and mouth it absolutely perfectly in time. Yeah, map Trouton over it, do a bit of rotoscoping with the camera moving, and suddenly you're like, What? Oh, is this a clip? No, he's just made it. Well, you can do that with Adobe
0: Character Animation, which is crazy to think that you know you've got this piece of software that Mm. we have access to, and all you need to do is mime. Mm. You know, there's a project I'm working on at the minute, and it's like, we play the song, mime, 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 right? Now I can map it onto all the anime, uh, the the artwork. It's absolutely insane, isn't it? It is, because you don't need a green screen, you don't need a suit, you don't need those dots on your faces to track you. It just does it.
1: No. <clears throat> do you need actors? I suppose you do, actually. You need people mm. to stand there and do all that bit. The One, one thing I'm taking a lot of umbrage with at the moment and complaining about on social media are these... Um, programs that you can get to replace voiceover artists no don't like those
0: absolutely not you can't replace me love
1: no there's no nuance no there's way. nothing at all uh, but there is an interesting rumble at the moment about one of these programs right Ooh, now this is quite good because of course those voices have to come from somewhere originally so you get certain yeah. people who will record a certain amount and then that voice is based based around their voice right but if you buy it you can use it for anything Okay. And suddenly what we're getting is an awful lot of things which are appearing, advertising nefarious goods using apparently a voiceover artist voice. Ah. But, oh, I didn't record that advert for that pornography channel. Right. Oh, that's getting a bit tasty at the moment, you know, that really is.
0: Do you remember is... uh, when you could, was it text you could send and Tom Baker would do the voice? Oh, it's Tom Baker Says. They yes, were that's dreadful what it... because they are all tonally... All over the place, whereas
1: they still are because a computer can't do nuance and a computer doesn't breathe when it should. No, so no, should it? No, no, absolutely not. I think that
0: we'll be, uh, when we've got those trucks that drive themselves on the road, I think we'll still be working for a little bit at least a little bit longer, a a little bit. Um, but yeah, I remember watching City of Death as a kid. You know, and they were going on about, oh, this is so in the gallery. You know, don't they have computers to paint their pictures like we do back home or whatever it is? Ramallah yes. Said.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I remember thinking, ah, silly, don't, don't be silly. And if you see those AI paintings, you can just there's websites you can just type in. You yeah. Know, Mark Zuckerberg
1: eating a fish, and it whatever goes whatever it there is,
0: and it's perfect.
1: Yeah. That's
0: some crazy shit, man. It's That's ridiculous. some crazy, crazy shit. But I'm looking forward to the wealth. Of goodies that are coming in the next month or so. I'm not allowed to buy anything at the minute because I've got no. that impending birthday. You do. So there's so many things that I mm. really want to buy, uh, but I'm holding back on.
1: I'm holding oh, no, back abs- absolutely. But there'll be bumper stocks. In oh, there. a
0: bumper stock. There's so many great things. I'm really looking forward to the season
1: two box set.
0: That's Doctor going to be useful.
1: Who? I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, Wurzel Blu-ray set when I can Is that not out yet? take a second mortgage out. It might be out, dear, but I can't afford eighty-five quid at the moment. So.
0: Yes, yes. I ge- I gave hmm. them a, a an interview from uh, the Southern TV thing where everyone's in character. Oh so yeah.
1: I, I was hoping
0: there was going to be a free one sent my way, but well, hmm. possibly not.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I don't even know if they've used it. They showed it at the BFI thing. No, no, I- they
1: have. It's on the extras list. Hmm. I wonder Ooh. if they even mention me. I don't know, dear. They may <laughs> they Probably may not.
0: Probably, probably not. Probably not. But, um, yeah, um, mm. there's lots of really good stuff coming out of them, isn't it? There minute. it theres All in time for
1: Crimbo. Oh, well, and it's nearly time
0: for Box of Delights.
1: It is. It really it is. Very, it's getting very close. Is it so. Well, I mean, oh, is it next weekend. If you want to do one a week, you've got to start leading up to Christmas. Bloody
0: yeah, hell. yeah. It's around is, about my mate. birthday. I remember that. Yes. Nothing can replace that Christmas Eve showing of the final episode in 1984. Nothing
1: at all. Where it that was all Jeopardy. Oh, oh absolutely man. perfect. And what's his name? Robert Stevens went oh. under the water. Yeah. No, I'll do it myself. Don't want yeah. a stunt man. I'll do it. Slug, and in he goes into the water. Raw. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: That was his wife in it, wasn't it?
1: Um, who's also in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? That's Patricia right. Quinn yes right yeah that is his wife yeah yeah Yeah. oh wonderful
0: man wonderful days wonderful days Mm. Um, but you can you know we'll start that next week we should do some commentaries on these things
1: we could I'm sure somebody's put box of delights online I'm sure we could do a commentary yes we should do that we should do that let's
0: do that well I think that box of delights is a nice place to start with your box of delights with your obviously keto friendly cheese biscuits they're not at all Uh, but
1: thank you I'm uh, very excited you can
0: just get lumps of edam and grill them and they are like biscuits
1: that's so, very true, actually. So they yeah. say. But, oh, these are all the Gouda cheese crispies. Mm. God's Gruyere feet. <laughs> I, shall, I shall have to have some of those. Oh, yes.
0: Right. Well, we hope you all enjoyed whatever that was, and we mm-hmm. hope you all have a lovely week. And until the next time.
1: Goodbye.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: things